Psalm 37, a psalm of David. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose way is upright. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine, they have abundance. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish. Like smoke, they vanish away. The wicked borrows, but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. For those blessed of the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall... He shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil, do good, so shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice, he will not forsake his saints." They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. The Lord will not abandon him to his power, or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord, keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land, and you will look on when the wicked are cut off. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found." 
Mark the blameless and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. Salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. Amen. My mama was a Christian woman who through her love and prayers left a great imprint on the souls of her children. I remember one day when I was in the 10th grade, My mom took time to ask me some questions about how I saw my future. Where did I want to go after high school? What did I want from life? I told her I wanted to teach history, coach football, get married, have kids. At all this, she just smiled. But when I came to the end of my plans, she paused, looked at me, and told me she wanted to show me something. So she took out her Bible, and she opened it up to Psalm 37. And she read to me this verse. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. She didn't explain herself, but I knew she was seeking to plant something deep within me that if it took root, would make all the difference. And so it has. Psalm 37 is somewhat unique in all of David's psalms in that it is a wisdom acrostic poem. Each stanza begins with the next Hebrew letter in the alphabet, and all the stanzas revolve around two complementary themes. First, it is an illusion to see the prosperity of the wicked, for nothing they have will last. Next, the trust of the believer brings about a life that cannot be diminished by anything in this world, but will indeed Find what it is looking for. The wisdom quality of this psalm means that though the themes are held together with a fidelity, the thought is more like a series of short gems given to us to encourage us one after another. So David's aim is to speak to our discouragement when we see life smiling on those who cheat or steal or or who act dishonorably. He also wishes to encourage us towards delight in the Lord based upon a chosen trust in him. So what does David say about evildoers or wrongdoers? They will fade as quickly as the grass that is green in spring but dead by the end of summer. So don't worry about them. Don't be distracted by them. Rather, trust God. Put your delight, put your affection, put your loyalty in him. David goes on and says that the wicked will soon be no more, that we will look for him and all trace of him will be gone. He has no heritage, no long-lasting impact. His word and his actions, along with his family, will be forgotten. He may look big today, like a giant tree covering so much space, having so much influence, But when you look again, he will be gone. He is cut off from all that life is. And what does David say about the righteous? Well, he starts with a list of imperatives, a prescription of how we are to live that life as a qualitatively different from that of the wrongdoer. 
Those who follow their Lord and trust Him must do good, dwell in the land, live faithfully. They are to commit their way or direction, the direction of their life, to the Lord. He is to refrain from anger, choose not vengeance when he is wronged. They are to wait for the Lord and not worry. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 says something similar. He said, don't worry, but instead seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added to you. For the righteous, there are also given some facts that we should remember about God, which will sustain our faithfulness and trust. He will act for us. That's a fact. He will display us before the world in our righteousness and justice. That's his promise. He will cause us to inherit the land and receive the promise. We are guaranteed a future. Our heritage, in contrast with that of the wrongdoer, will last forever. Our impact upon those who come after us will be profound. He will give us a peace that has no limit and joy that knows no bounds. Should not this encourage us and bolden us as we live our days? Why are we so timid when we see the current reality of our country or of our neighborhoods or even of our families? Maybe it is because we've placed our heart on things that are less than it should be. It's interesting that there's one imperative, one verb or course of action that is mentioned three times, whereas the others only once. And that is we are to delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight in his abundant peace. Delight in his way. Delight speaks to an aspiration or a preoccupation of the heart. This delight can be captured by many things, but it's made for only one thing, Him, God, Christ. To delight yourself in the Lord is to desire Him above all other things or all other persons. The promise of God is that when we delight in Him, He is what we get. There is a story that moves me about St. Thomas Aquinas. One day in the 13th century, a Dominican friar who often assisted him was in the corner in a chapel in the town of Naples. And while there, he was praying and he looked up and he observed St. Thomas Aquinas kneeling before the cross in tears. No doubt the saint's reverence must have moved him deeply, but nonetheless, he must have been quite shook when suddenly he hears a voice coming from the cross, the voice of Christ, calling out to Thomas, You have written well of me. What reward will you receive for your labor? Now, what do you think Thomas would ask for? Well, his response wasted no words. Lord, nothing but you. Let us walk together as brothers and sisters, as his church, that we might delight ourselves in the Lord, and then we will receive our heart's desire. Let us pray. Lord God, our eyes are on you, our hearts are set on you, but there are moments, Jesus, when we have shifted our attention to other things, other people. 
In doing so, we find ourselves bereft of peace. We're filled with worry. We become angry. We settle on plans of vengeance. Then in a quiet space, we hear your word again. Delight yourself in me, and you will receive the desire of your heart. Forgive us, God, whenever we place our ultimate attention or affection on anything less than you. Increase our trust and work in us the faithfulness of your Son, our Lord. In his name alone do we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.